The epistle reading is from 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Save us, we pray, O Lord. Grant us success, O Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Blessed Easter to everyone. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. I know that I am speaking to a group of people who are pretty much success-minded. I don't think that too many slothful people who don't give a rip kind of life actually get up uh, on Sunday mornings or on Saturday nights and come to church. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had achievement tests for a whole week in our school. And it won't be very long before parents will be receiving reports on these achievement tests. And I can pretty well guarantee you these parents in our school are not just going to toss those in the wastebasket without looking at them. They're going to open them up and they're going to check to see what percentile their children are in. It's important to us. Sports is another avenue for the measurement of success. Children learn along very early in life, winning is important. All of these things later on in life become part of our goals, to find a good job, to have a successful marriage, and a happy family. Tonight I want to use the opportunity for our celebration of Easter, and I'll show you why this is connected to Easter, to really look at our thoughts about success and God's view 
in particular of what success is. And, And then especially God's way of accomplishing His success that He wants us to have. I'm basing this on Psalm 118. This is a traditional Easter psalm. We sang part of it already. The stone that was rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And this is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This psalm is about rejection and restoration. It's about the rejection of God's people, their believers, when the world rejects them. But it's also about the rejection of God himself and the Messiah in particular, and the Messiah's overcoming that rejection. But tucked away in that psalm is this beautiful verse. We already heard part of it on Palm Sunday. Uh, This verse begins, Save now, or Hosanna in Hebrew, O Lord. But I especially want to emphasize the rest of that verse, which is often overlooked. It goes like this, Hosanna, save now, O Lord, And to give you the Hebrew, Hatzlikana, grant success now, O Lord. And that's where I tie together the success of Jesus' resurrection with our own success in life. Jesus died. Jesus rose. Jesus ascended to rule at the right hand of the Father, as we just confessed, and we do so every Sunday in the creeds. Well, how do we rise And what do we ascend to? And how do we now rule over sin, death, and the devil? This beautiful psalm does two things. First of all, it helps define what success is according to God. Secondly, it also shows us the way that that success is achieved. Uh, People, if you look around at what people say about success, uh, you'll notice that most people define success as, quote, accomplishing your goals. Well, first of all, our goals could be completely in contradiction with God's will and his ways. Putin's war with Ukraine. If he is successful, what does that mean? Millions of people displaced, thousands dead, Billions of dollars in destruction of property. Is that success? Oftentimes our definitions of success, while they may not be bad, fall short of God's real goal of success for us in our lives. We all know that, for example, pursuit of wealth can turn into a very damaging goal for us. As Paul says, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. But even the goal of trying to have a successful marriage and a happy family, if that is done without God in a godless kind of way, even that success will one day fall apart. It'll one day be destroyed. Jesus tells the story about the rich farmer. He kept getting richer and richer. And his storehouses on earth were full, but his heart was empty with faith. And when he died... He went into an eternity of emptiness and separation from God. From the beginning of creation, God had a blueprint for our success, a blueprint of life, living in complete harmony with Him, loving the things that He loved, 
and joyfully and willingly to do every single thing that he commanded us. But the devil brought us a temptation. He brought us a path that led away from that harmony with God. It promised all kinds of temporal and temporary pleasures, but it was a path that quickly led us into the weeds and through the weeds eventually to a cliff and over that cliff finally into a bottomless pit. And so God sent his son Jesus into this world to bring us back. And he went into that bottomless pit. That's really what we were celebrating on Good Friday. Paul says in Ephesians that he descended into the lower regions of the earth. And so in this way, Jesus died and rose to bring us back to that relationship that God originally had with with his creation and wants to have with us. So now, how do we define success with God's view of success in mind? Well, first of all, everyone's definition of success is going to be personal. It's different for each of us in the sense that it's different because of the different gifts and the different opportunities that God has given to us. But it's the same for all of us in this sense. It is the same as we begin thinking about success when we realize God's goal in Jesus in the resurrection. He calls us to holiness. He calls us to friendship with him and friendship and love with one another. He calls us to prayer, to, again, obedience to all of his commandments. And so for all of us as Christians, the first part of our definition of success is the same from the Sermon on the Mount. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, the other goals of life that we seek as long as as they are biblical and part of God's will, they will be granted to us. So today we're celebrating Easter salvation, Hosanna, but we're also celebrating Easter success, Hatzlikana. And that leads us now to the resurrection and how it not only defines what success is, seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness and then everything else that God allows us to do in our lives, but how the resurrection actually helps us achieve, how it helps us achieve that success. So why do we go to sporting events? Why do we go to music concerts? Why do we like to read great books? Because they inspire us and they encourage us. And it's a simple thing that everybody knows. If you want to have success in life, then you begin by seeking out successful people. Right now, I know there's a few people probably thinking, what's Pastor Walter doing with this Easter sermon? He's turning it into a motivational speech here. But if you look at what the Bible says, you will see that this is very clear. The Easter promises of salvation in the Bible are always, and I'm going to stress that, always connected to the Easter joy of success and living life successfully in faith. Let me give you a few examples. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So is that it? Did Jesus just die to forgive us and so we can go immediately to heaven? Martin Luther had something to say about that. 
He said, if that's the way it is, then we might as well baptize people and just kill them. And, uh, you know, because there's nothing else in between. But there's a lot that's been missed there, obviously. And so as you read down in John chapter 3, you come to verse 21. Whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works are carried out in God. See the connection between salvation and good works. They're always connected in the Bible. Romans 6 verse 4. Therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we also should walk in newness of life. The joy of salvation translates into the joy of sanctification. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15. He died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. The resurrection of Jesus translates us into the success of this living no longer for ourselves, but for others. And Martin Luther was all over this in his small catechism. Explanation to the second article that we just confessed. I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me from all sins, death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. And now here it comes. That's the Hosanna. But now the Hatzlikana, the success, that I may be his own and live under him and his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, even as he lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. As we are joined with Jesus in his death and resurrection, as he rose from the dead, as we see his success of Easter, we also find our success in life. In baptism, we are joined to all of that. Paul says in Galatians 3, as many as are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Communion, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul says, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the participation, is it not the communion in the blood of Christ and the bread which we break? Is it not the communion, the participation in the body of Christ? Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. On the night of his betrayal, just before his crucifixion, it's all connecting us to the success of Christ's resurrection. And then just simply hearing his voice, John 10. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Death brings repentance, the resurrection brings faith, and together both of those bring new life and brings us back to that harmony of life together with God. Last year we lost a very faithful member of our church, Bob Tygraber. Bob lived a very successful life according to the biblical definition of success. He wasn't the wealthiest man in the world, uh, but he certainly lived a, a, a good life in many ways. He lived to be a hundred years old. He survived World War II as a prisoner of war. He escaped twice the second time he escaped, he landed right in the middle of the Battle of the Bulge and didn't even know what was going on and 
God protected him and preserved him through all of that. His wife, at age 99, came down with COVID, and when everyone knew she was dying, he deliberately brought her home to be with her and to also knowing that he might well die with her, and he did. Before he died, though, he gave me this little pin. I pinned it, actually, on my alb here because I didn't want to lose it. It's a little Sunday school pin. Some of you older people might remember these. I had one a long time ago when I was a little boy. It's about your Sunday school attendance, and this is Bob's pin. And he gave it to me because it was something he was really proud of and something he was really thankful for. The very bottom of this little pin, there's a, a little number 10. That 10 stands for 10 years of perfect Sunday school attendance. That's what he counted as success in his life. And that is what you can count as success in your life as well. As you are connected to the death and resurrection of Christ, as well as to the new life of faith, living by God's word and according to his will, and that is what the world needs. We see the world around us. It is absolutely dominated and controlled by sin. And so what the world needs are people who can walk out those doors, be in that world, and live out those ways of Hosanna and that way of Hatzlikana, the way of salvation and the way of success, living by faith in Christ. That is what will bring salvation and success to everyone around us who also comes to faith in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Please rise.